welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeck. This is Lorraine Ball. I'm Sam Von Tobel. And I'm Lydia Thurston. And today, we're going to talk about market segmentation. And I've done entire shows just on this whole idea that everyone is not your customer. So today, we're going to talk about really demographic and psychographic, and really kind of the difference, um, demographic, the things you can observe, and psychographic, kind of what's in people's heads. And why is that important? Especially important when you're doing things like Facebook advertising. Uh, you don't want to just throw all your marketing against the wall and see what sticks. You want to make sure that your ads are getting in front of the right people. And uh, demographic and psychographic uh, targeting and segmentation is really the best way to do that. So, Lydia, when you're doing ads for, let's say, our cooking school for kids, how do you use segmentation to really focus in on your audience? So the simplest way is to start off with demographics. And we know where our cooking school is located and we know how far people are going to be willing to travel for a two-hour cooking class. Um, And we can just look at simply analytics from the cooking school and see that the vast majority of the followers are women ages 35 to 49, give or take. Now using the psychographic side of it, um, we can take, I can just type in cooking and it'll automatically start to filter in more people that are still following those same demographics that I want. Um, And then we're able to segment an ad very specifically for mothers with children who are interested in cooking in the Carmel, Indiana area that make a certain amount of income. Cool. And the the income is probably a little harder to guess, I think, on Facebook because we don't report that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the other characteristics where they're located, if they have kids all available. Sam, we do that with Randall Beans also, and we kind of go really down the whole path of types of foods that people are interested in. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you're trying to advertise a cookbook full of soups and casseroles, you're probably not going to be looking for older men. You're going to be looking (laughs) for moms, you know, moms cooking for families. Um, So you can boil it down to I guess first off, a good thing was where people can buy your product. Mm-hmm. So Randall Beans is our is our food food client. You can't really find Randall Beans in California, so what would be really the big point in advertising in California? You can restrict the Midwest where they mostly distribute. Uh, you can boil it down to certain age groups. So if we're looking at mothers, uh, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, what kind of things do they like? Do they like pages related to soups? Do they like pages related to organic products? Do they like pages related to all that sort of thing. Absolutely. And so really, you, you both kind of cross that line. We can start with who somebody is, but then we can really hone in on people who are interested in organic recipes or healthy recipes or a particular type of art or a kind of music. And suddenly you find people who share common interests. You can really zero in on very positive aspects. People who are interested in education, people who are interested in community development. But there's a downside. And you can also zero in on some very negative behaviors. And and we saw this in a test with ProPublica. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah. So the big focus of the article was just to see if they could, just to see how far they could push the envelope with, with this kind of uh, not only psychographic but demographic segmentation so just to see how far they could go with it with the psychographic they did some some testing with keywords you know focused around uh anti-semitic feelings around uh maybe nazi party 
stuff like that to see if they could find hits, if they could have their ads reach that kind of audience, and unfortunately they could. How do you feel about that? You know, it's just something I've always thought of when it comes to this kind of stuff is, um, unlike Instagram, uh, Facebook's algorithm and how they decide um, how to incorporate these uh, psychographic and demographics, it's all computer generated. And so, and there's always human error, of course, but there's also computer error. And when the computer comes up with these kinds of things, somebody's not gonna immediately see that. And it does take somebody like ProPublica to point out these flaws and just make sure that Facebook is keeping tabs on their own system and their own developments that they've created along the way so that negative things like this are not happening. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's pretty important to note here that I don't think Facebook had this in mind mm-hmm. when they started doing this kind of uh, stuff. But, you know, it's like you said, lady, it's just something that, you know, as, as things grow, people will find interesting ways to exploit features that you know, are, are harmless on the outside. That's a really key point is that a lot of the tools that are being developed today, I don't think that the developers really saw all the possibilities when they created it. They didn't really know what they'd be able to do with it and so couldn't really sort of anticipate some of the problems. Now, in response, Facebook was very responsive. They immediately blocked any of those kind of phrases so you can't find them in their algorithm. And so kudos to Facebook. But the challenge is that even though I can't find let's say that particular negative phrase, there are ways using the search algorithms to find communities of people. For example, if this same kind of algorithm, it's not just those particular phrases, but you can actually reach those communities by um, going around broader topics. You can look at the kind of music that people listen to. If you're trying to flame feelings of uh, negative negativity towards police officers or to establishments you could target people who listen to certain types of music very you know very angry music and kind of reach out to them through their taste in music and suddenly you have that same community and now you've got a path and a conduit to them and so I think this is something that Facebook is really going to have to wrestle with you know and as a marketer I want to be able to sell cooking classes and cooking schools and carpeting to prospective customers. But there's a huge price on the other side. If somebody's got enough money, what they can do to the platform. Yeah, it, it, it just kind of raises the question, you know, what's, what's the, what is the price of this kind of innovation? Where does the line, where do you put the line? Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a, a specific answer. I do think it's something that we probably should continue to look at and talk about and encourage Facebook to do the right thing. But it's not just Facebook because I can target people in very sophisticated ways using Google AdWords. And it is even more precise because I can reach them based on their searches. And suddenly I can start putting advertising and messages in front of an audience that is looking for that kind of information. You know, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of a sticky subject. I think it's really scary, but I think it is something that when it works, you know, when we get a hundred moms who hear about a cooking class or particularly tap into the vegan community with organic beans, it's a beautiful thing. We didn't really have a lot of answers today, but I think this is a conversation that marketers need to be engaged in. If you'd like to learn more about 
the ProPublica study or some of the things that have happened since, we're going to include links to the original article as well as information on our website at roundpeg.biz. And if you have enjoyed the conversation and want to hear more, be sure to check out more than a few words on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.